Can you learn to fight without fighting? Many people don't think so. And I'll tell you my opinion about it on today's Peace Walker podcast. The question is, in today's day and age, how do you protect yourself, your family, and your community more effectively? Well, my name is Craig Gray, and today on the Peace Walker podcast, we're going to answer those questions and a whole bunch more. You're going to learn the power of protection, the art of influence, and the confidence of clarity as you build a protector's lifestyle to live, to protect, and to inspire at a whole new level. Craig Gray here, Peace Walker Podcast, episode 120. Can you learn to fight without actually fighting? Well, that's what we're going to be talking about today. Um, It's an interesting, I think, an interesting subject on many levels. And I'm excited to share some of my thoughts with you. And speaking of learning how to fight, if you want to learn how to protect yourself, get on my six-day defense program. Sixdaydefense.com, it's going to take you through a very simple protocol of how to protect yourself um, mentally, emotionally, physically. It's made up of a handful of very short videos that you can watch from the comfort of your own phone. And we're going to go over, I'm going to go go over uh, one physical tactic and one concept per video. And also, did I mention it's absolutely free? Yeah, it's a free course that you can get access to. Um, My invitation for you to begin this life of a peace walker, this life of a protector, a much better, more prolific life if you want it to be. And if you go on sixdaydefense.com, it's all spelled out except for the dot, sixdaydefense.com. You're going to get access to all that information that you can watch at your leisure from the comfort of your own phone, in your own home if you want. <laughs> and you're also going to get um, onto my Almost Daily email list. And in my Almost Daily email list, you're going to get in your inbox almost every day a little note from me. And that, uh, that email is going to help you to implement those tools that you're learning and weave them into your life. You're going to hear stories from me. You're going to hear stories from other people in our community. I'm going to share tips, tricks, and tactics with you and share this journey of being a peace walker with you. Share this journey of learning how to be more more prolific with you because we need a community. It takes a tribe, so to speak. So get on sixdaydefense.com and start your journey right now. Okay, so learning to fight without fighting. This is an interesting idea because it seems as if for a lifetime or or hundreds and thousands of lifetimes, martial arts has been a lot of trying to learn how to fight without actually fighting. All the drills, all the techniques, all the training, many martial arts out there spend a lot of time trying to avoid just mixing it up. And I get it. I've been on and am on both sides of the spectrum, right? I've 
sparred my whole life. I've actually gotten into physical altercations both when I was younger and, you know, professionally in that where it was life or death situation. Um, we spar in class. I've competed in a plethora of competitions, combat sport competitions. Um, I love traditional martial arts where it seems like they don't want to engage at all. And then obviously I've trained in combat sports where it seems like that's all they do is want to engage. And, you know, all of it has its place. All of it has a purpose. But we, I think we get um, distracted. For instance, you ever watch that movie, The Matrix? Remember the first Matrix movie with uh, Keanu Reeves in it, which I remember seeing multiple times. Um, I can even see picture in my head of the movie theater that I saw it in, and I saw it probably like five or six times at the theater. It was at the Cheapy Theater at the Alpine Twin, which maybe wasn't the twin back then, but um, it, the theater is no longer there. But I can remember I caught it on the Cheapy movies, so I don't even know if they have cheapy movies anymore, but once upon a time, you know, they had the big releases of the movies, and then after they kind of did their circuit through the big, uh, the big screens and the big bucks, they would go to what we called the cheapy theater. And the cheapy theaters are still on the big screen, but they're usually they're the older theaters, and they would have these movies for, you know, like a buck or two bucks or whatever um, that you could see. And they're the movies that had been around a while. Um, so that got popular and I would go and I would see, go to the cheapy movies. And in this case, Matrix, I saw, I don't know, probably, like I said, six or eight times because it was, it just really affected me. Like it did a lot of people. It was very popular kind of cult following. And, uh, I loved that movie. But if you remember in the Matrix movie, the world that we considered to be reality was a simulation. And then Neo, as you know, Keanu Reeves' character, gets pulled out of the simulation. And, you know, at first, it was a lot to pull him out. They, he didn't want to believe it. And if you remember the, you know, the red pill or the blue pill, which, which are you going to take? You know, are you going to continue with this deception because it's comfortable? Or are you going to, you know, take from the other pill and see what reality is? So there's a lot of that, I think, in our society today. We, we believe the simulation is real. And that goes along with movies today, I think, because they are so vivid and we are inundated with them so much, we think they're real. Or, you know, watching videos. And uh, don't confuse the simulation, the simulation with reality. And I don't care if you're sparring, right? Sparring is still a simulation. It's still a drill. Even hardcore sparring like MMA and UFC, it's still, it's real, but it's not real. I don't know how to, else to explain it. Um, your proneness in the ring can be a factor at how, how you fight. You know, obviously if, if you are um, used to contact in a sport to where there are few rules. If you get into a scrap that is similar, you're going to have an advantage probably because you've kind of been there, done that. 
but it's still a simulation, right? Why? Because it's not in, it's not involved in reality of the situation in real life. And yeah, 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 there's other things involved too, you know, like weapons or, you know, the guy can bite them or there can be multiple threats or, you know, the environment in which you're in. Um, and that's all true too. But really it's about the uncertainty. You don't know if it's going to bust out into a big brawl or not. You don't know where it's going to go, if it's going to turn into a lethal, lethal encounter. You don't know if, you know, if you're going to get sued afterwards and you're the bad guy. Um, so there's all these what ifs. But it's still simulation. So there's some arts, you know, more traditional arts, that, you know, they are trying so hard not to fight at all, <laughs> but simulate it, you know, for the people who never have had any experience in actual violence and conflict, they can be very, very far off base. Take push hands, for instance, Tai Chi push hands, right? So Tai Chi means like the grand ultimate fist, Tai Chi Chuan. Which at one point in time back in the day, maybe it was, I don't know, that, that is a huge, you're putting your, you're putting your junk on the line on that one, especially back in the day when, when people would actually threaten your, you in your life if you made some audacious claim like that. Um, so maybe it was at the time, I don't know. But as, as it's evolved into, or devolved, I guess, if you want to say it for some people's perspective, but um, as it's transitioned into, for the most part, a, a way of staying healthy and like a moving meditation in that, um, a lot of the drills, one of the drills is a push hands drill, which, oh, and I do want to do the caveat of, I trained Tai Chi for over a decade I still um, train it sometimes, and I think it's a wonderful martial art, and it actually has a lot of combat applications if you know what you're looking at and if you know how to really apply those things in real real time. The concepts themselves are incredibly beneficial. Um, so the way it's practiced, though, is not necessarily as practical. Most people don't practice it in a, in a way for martial arts, I'm sorry, for self-defense practicality. It's trained mainly for health. And even those people who do know the combative aspects of it, you know, typically you don't see any like combat Tai Chi. They're, I'm sure there's probably a video series on it out there. Some dude's going to sue me because I, I'm, I'm calling it tight, you know, combat Tai Chi. But the um, point of the story is, is like push hands. Push hands isn't real, but it does develop some real attributes. Um, if you're a Wing Chun advocate, Chi Sao, which is their sensitivity kind of drill, isn't real, but it can build some really good attributes. But they're both simula simulations. Sparring, too. Like, you know, if you're kickboxing, sparring's real, but it's a real simulation. It can be beneficial. Even point sparring can be beneficial, but it's got to be taken into context. Obviously, rendori. So if you're, you know, in the Japanese martial arts, rendori is a, it's not really spar, it's kind of sparring. Um, but, you know, you, you kind of lock horns a little bit. Uh, if you're wrestling or doing MMA, obviously those are definitely more combat-oriented 
they're more free-flowing, you can learn a lot of things from those arts. But they're still simulations. They're still a drill. They're still a gentleman's agreement, so to speak. Uh, same thing with scenario training, right? Scenario training, no matter how realistic they are, it's still scenario training. Now, can all these things help you to become a better um, martial artist? Absolutely. Can all these things help you to become a better um, defender and protector? Absolutely. But they're all still simulations. So depending on where you are at the spectrum, like some people are rough and tumble, man. They like getting in there and mixing it up. Maybe that changes when they get older. Maybe it doesn't. Some people, they really aren't that competitive and, you know, they still want to learn and, and train how to protect themselves. But, but, you know, the fighting aspect of it and the competitive nature of it doesn't really blow their hair back. So you can still train and you can still do simulations and you can still have fun and you can still learn a lot of good things. So here's two last concepts I want to share with you. Number one is understand that these simulations can be beneficial, but they're still simulations. And don't think your simulation is reality, no matter what one you're doing. And you got to do what's, what's good for you. Which brings us to number two is, I don't know if you can hear the fire truck going by, but it's pretty loud. Um, the second point is doing something is better than doing nothing. Right? So training typically is better than not training at all. So pick something for you that you enjoy doing, that you find beneficial, and that you can sustain over the years. And I guess I have a third point, which is the most important point. The third point is this. Are you training to be a fighter or are you training to be a protector? Because that also plays into how you train and your perspective of your training. And you've heard my story many times if you've been following me at all. But my story about the Olympic swimmer and the lifeguard. So both swim, but... They train very differently. The perspective is very different. Just like the idea of being a fighter versus being a protector. They both have to fight to a certain degree. Now, that simulation can be really, really, really tamed down or really, really stylized or really, really um, not very combative. Or it can be, you know, like full-on cage match, bare-knuckle brawl. But understand that there's limitations of the simulation in all the senses. And maybe you're just a, as Rory Miller would say, fighters teaching fighters how to fight. Which, if you know that's the simulation, then there's no problem with it. Just like, hey, I know if I train Tai Chi, yeah, there are some benefits like martial arts and personal protection benefits. But it's not really trained in a way to bring those out as much or emphasize that aspect of it. So, you know, maybe I get 5 or 10 or 15% of the practicality, but I get 90%, 80% of the other benefits, you know, the movement and the restoration of my body and, 
you know, the social elements of it and the health benefits, and I enjoy it. So you got to do you. You got to do what, what's right for you. And learning to fight isn't necessarily learning how to protect. You may be learning how to fight, but are you learning to be a better protector? And you may learn how to protect yourself, but are you really learning how to be a better fighter? And the answer lies somewhere in the middle. Yes, you're going to have to, in my opinion, if you're going to learn how to protect yourself, you're going to have to learn how to fight to a lesser or greater degree. But just because you're learning how to be a fighter doesn't mean you're learning how to be a peace walker or a protector. So learning to fight without fighting. There you go. It's the, it's the age old, I think, challenge of the martial arts. And don't get duped by your own simulation training on whatever end of the spectrum you are, whether you're a mixed martial arts fighter, a Brazilian jiu-jitsu player, a judoka, a wrestler, a boxer, or if you're you know, a ninjutsu practitioner or a tai chi practitioner or um, karate or one of these traditional martial arts. And even Krav Maga, you know, Krav Maga, still, it's still simulation training. So pick your fantasy, so to speak. All right, gang, hopefully that wasn't too rambly for you. But uh, if you want to start your journey at training to be a better protector and a peace walker, get on my six-day defense program. I invite you to join me in this journey together so we can train together. If you stick around and you want to, there are plenty of in-person live training opportunities to you or for you rather. And I'd love to meet you in person sometime and train with you. And I can share some of my training methodologies that will help you to be a better protector. Yes, it'll help you to be a better fighter too, but that's not really what we're going for. I'm hoping that you embrace this path as a peace walker. So get on at sixdaydefense.com, all spelled out except for the dot. In the meantime, thank you for listening today. I will talk to you on the next episode. Take care. The question is, in today's day and age, how do you protect yourself, your family, and your community more effectively? Well, my name is Craig Gray, and today on the Peace Walker podcast, we're going to answer those questions and a whole bunch more. You're going to learn the power of protection, the art of influence, and the confidence of clarity as you build a protector's lifestyle to live, to protect, and to inspire at a whole new level.